Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Tampa Bay Buccaneers from the 48-yard line. Second down, 13. Brady lobbed one downfield. Caught ball by Gronkowski. Inside the 20 to the 15-10. Gronkowski to the 5 to the 4-yard line. Holy Here's the snap. Pressure coming from the outside. Brady throws a pass. Caught ball first out of the 50. Outside the numbers 40. To the 30-yard line. To the 25. And Perriman. Bashad Perriman. Touchdown Tampa Bay. Fox win in overtime. This is the big nasty. Yeah, big nasty. All fame Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan, baby. This is Mike Allstott, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. Cannon Fire Podcast, brother. You ain't listening and you're missing out. And there the cannons go. Fire them. Keep on firing them. Keep on firing them. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new edition of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Live on YouTube today. I'm your host, as always, Rhett Matthew. Joined alongside me, my good buddy and co-host, returning from vacation in beautiful Florida. It's the Philly Bucks fan himself, Mr. Evan Wanish. And uh, the last time that both Evan and I talked to you guys, a lot has changed. If you listen to our last podcast episode, you got a pretty good idea of what happened. Uh, if you missed what happened. Yeah, was there anything that I missed? Yeah, I mean, not a whole lot. It was it was okay. pretty routine. You know, it was it was that time of the that time of the offseason where we knew free agency was coming up. Kind of got curious about what the Bucks were going to do at the quarterback position. Luckily. Somebody came out of retirement to make that a lot easier for the Buccaneers to manage. Like, so um, happy Brett Favre finally becomes a Buccaneer. Yeah, yeah. So it's finally. been a long time coming. I mean, he left him at the altar before. You know, know, you remember the Bucks went to bed thinking they'd get Brett Favre, and all of a sudden he ends up elsewhere. Well, they they get their guy this time. The Bucks found their guy, and uh, yeah. So obviously, Tom Effin Brady, seven-time Super Bowl champion, comes out of retirement. And that's really when the dominoes start to fall for this Buccaneers offseason. I'd say things went from zero to 100 very, very quickly. A lot of moves have been made. A lot of contracts have been signed. A lot of contracts have been signed for other teams. We're going to break down everything that has happened and uh, maybe talk about some things that are yet to happen. But with all of that being said, the return of the greatest quarterback of all time has really made it a, uh, a very interesting and active last two days for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Evan, wanted to get your thoughts about the GOAT deciding to come out of retirement, man, because you and I were pretty confident he was going to play this year. He ends up retiring. And then I think in the back of everybody's mind, it's almost like we felt like it was inevitable. He would end up playing football again at some point, but 40 days later, he's back under center for Tampa Bay. How are you feeling? Well, I mean, if anybody knows me, they know how, you know, how I feel about Brady and stuff and wear wear the hat with pride. Right. Um, but, um, uh, yeah, truly shocked um, on Sunday night when when I got the my, my story is this. Uh, everybody has a story, I guess. It's a, yeah, you know, no, where, I, where were you when? Yep, right? I got mine. Um, I told it on the last pod. Spare no details on this one. I'm very curious. Where were you? What were you doing? What did you do after you find out he's coming back? Yeah, so I was actually uh, as as you said earlier, I was on vacation in Florida, so. Um, so I'm just saying real quick, I go to Florida and Tom Brady comes back 
correlation. I, I don't know. Maybe. And I, I tweeted at Tom Brady. I let him know after the Russell Wilson trade that the NFC was open. So maybe. Can, can you credit me? I, maybe. I, I don't know. This was before the legal tampering period. So if we credit yeah. you, you might get a little bit of, uh, you know, some backlash for it. But I'd, I'd like to think so, right? I, I told yeah, you. Well, Brady's Brady's rights were still with the Bucks. I'm good. Hey, well, you, you brought it up to me. You said, listen, I come down, I vacation in Florida. Tom Brady comes out of retirement. Evan, if you just get an apartment down here, I know they're pretty damn expensive. This housing market is insane. But if you just stay down here full time, Bucks will have a full-blown dynasty by the time this thing is over. I know. It's it's insane. I, I mean, it, it is insane. Bring the Vegas gaming experience to the palm of your hand. Bet your favorite team, try your luck in a casino, or our poker room. The earliest sports lines and the biggest limits online. Lots of deposit options. Bet on live events as they happen. The next play, the next score. Get winnings fast or roll them into a parlay and win even more. Visit Bet Online today and see what millions of customers have experienced for over 20 years. But anyways, uh, I was actually, I was at Universal Studios um, and I actually got, was just about to enter the security. Um, I had just gotten there and I saw my phone. I was checking my phone periodically. I knew there was going to be rumors and stuff. Um, I knew there was going to be, you know, I was going to have to be checking my phone. Like, like I knew that. And um, I, I got a, a, a just a, a tweet sent to me. I didn't know who it was from. Uh, um, and I got another tweet sent to me. When I checked Twitter, it was both. Um, you know how you can't really see what the tweet says, but you can see what the account it's sent from. So there was two tweets from, from two friends that sent me the exact same tweet. And it said, sent you Tom Brady's tweet, sent you Tom Brady's tweet. And I, I didn't know what it was. I had no idea. Um, and then I, I opened it and I, just, I, I glanced over it first. One, I wanted to make sure it was like, you know, actually him. And not like, you know how people put like the seven thing well, next to their name. To make yeah, it they'll, they'll put verified. the seven, make it look like a check. Or yeah. everybody's been buried if you're on uh, if you're on Twitter for a time or two. I've been buried a few times before. So, yeah, you, you, know, you don't want to be a victim of that. of that. So I checked that first. Um, and then, honestly, just shock. Um, I, I was like, who? I was like, you're kidding me. I was like, there's no way. And I was like, is this like real? I was like, oh, it is. I read I read it over again. I was like, wow. Um, so then, literally, I'm like, I'm trying to, to make my way through security while also trying to figure out what's going on. Um, and safe to say, I spent a lot of time on my phone but the downside universal obviously a lot of people there doesn't have really any wi-fi and since there's so many people there my data wasn't working that great either and i'm sitting there like come on like not now like why do you have to fail me now um but i was luckily i was able to able to figure it out able to get the post up and um yeah just shocking 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 and um you know i it changed a lot. It changed the whole outlook of the entire offseason. And uh, it's it's crazy that, that we're at this point. I still can't wrap my head around that, like, you know, hey, like, you know, he's actually he's the quarterback, you know, like it, it the same way you couldn't wrap your head around that he wasn't going to be the quarterback. Like I remember us talking about on this podcast about, oh, man, I can't imagine, you know, we he's only been there two years, but like can't really imagine a world where he's not the Bucks quarterback. And now I'm like wait, he's the Bucks quarterback again? Like, I, you know, it, it's crazy. And uh, very happy that Tom's back. Uh, we knew the competitive nature, right? Um, I, I don't think we, we knew that 
Um, I don't really think we knew that uh, he was going to come back after 40 days. Uh, but, yeah. you know, th- there was there was something that, just like you said, sort of in the back of your mind, maybe. There was something in the back of your mind that maybe. I still thought he was done, but just maybe, just a, a sliver of of a percentage there that maybe you know if he's not playing for the bucks is he playing for somebody else but he's playing for somebody else in 2023 or, or something is he taking a year off or just maybe he would return um but yeah it's, it's crazy circumstances jason light bruce arians made it pretty clear too that they're always going to leave the light on for a guy like yeah. tom brady and that's exactly what the bucks did they kind of went about their off season you know some moves were made but really, everything that happened before the return of TB12 can be summed up in about two sentences. Uh, you franchise tag Chris Godwin. It, it, it As time goes by, I'm not sure how confident I am about a long-term deal being done before the start of the season. Of course, we'll talk about that before the end of the show. And then they also agreed to terms with uh, offensive lineman Aaron Stinney. Offensive guard, he played well for the Bucks throughout their 2020 Super Bowl run. He will be returning. And then Sunday night, an out-of-body experience. I haven't had very many of those in my life, but I would consider this one of them. Uh, when I found out Tom Brady was coming back, a lot of people found out Tom Brady was coming back, and that's when everything just shifted into hyperdrive. Once the Bucks found out their quarterback situation, and once it was deemed the best possible situation, because let's face it, yeah, there's guys they could have traded for. It, it seemed like the Bucks were about 24 hours away from at least having some sort of result from the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. Right? Seemed like they had officially put an offer in on that. Tom Brady announces he's coming back. Scratch all that. Are we still kicking the can down the road? Yes, but you don't have to leverage as much of your future to go out and get a guy like Deshaun Watson. Even though he is your future, I think at the end of the day, Brady coming back makes it so much easier for the Bucks to plan their offseason because continuity at the end of the day is what's going to keep them winning football games. And having TB12 under center is definitely a great way to do that. And, and funny enough, we'll wrap up with this. Then we'll start to get into the timeline of events over the last two days, all the signings and whatnot. But uh, Clyde Christensen, Buccaneers quarterback coach, was on Pat McAfee's show today. And one of the things that he had talked about, the impression that he has gotten from Brady as far as him coming back, and I think the overall tone that makes this a little bit different than when the Bucs first acquired him in 2020 is unfinished business. I mean, Tom said it himself. And his statement when you go back and you read it two or three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine times like I have since he has returned, it's very short and very sweet. You know, you remember reading his quote-unquote retirement post, and he had plenty to say in that. But as far as why he's coming back, he feels like his place is on the field. He feels like there's unfinished business. And I, I think that's exactly how this Bucks team feels. But as we take a look at what they've done in free agency over the last 48 hours or so, the Bucks have also made it clear that not only is there some unfinished business in getting another Lombardi in Tampa Bay, but they really are making a push, man. I, I think the Bucks have really come out blasting here. And, and like I said, the only way I can describe this offseason so far since the return of Brady is 0 to 110 miles per hour. Like, it is – business has absolutely picked up. Jason Light, his staff, they are cooking, boy tell you what um so far i mean and, and this is saying something because the offseason literally free agency technically hasn't even started yet right it starts you know it starts we're recording this on tuesday night it starts wednesday at 4 p.m that's when free agency officially starts i think this might be um the the one probably the, i think the craziest offseason i think it's been crazier than when they signed tom brady 
I, I really do think it's been crazier than when they signed Tom Brady, just from literally being, okay, free agency's coming. Here we go. We'll see who they're going to lose. Oh, Carlson Davis might go. Leonard Fournette might go. Gronk will either retire or go somewhere else. Um you know, this guy, this guy, this guy might go. Blaine Gabbard, is, is he the, you know, is he the, the quarterback? Is Kyle Trask the quarterback? What's up with Deshaun Watson? And in a split second, everything changes. So that that's why I, I think this offseason, just from just the shift with one tweet sent out, the shift in philosophy and what they were planning to do and how they're viewed now by everyone else in the league is completely different now. Is is completely different. You're looking at that schedule now, and yes, it's still daunting. But you're like, it's well, daunting. The, but the like, last time you and I recorded a podcast, I we know. basically told people, you know, the the ceiling is it's, probably it's like okay. eight or nine wins. Yeah, it's we we told people like it's okay to get seven wins, and now it's not okay. Now all of a sudden, you know, you got to get ten wins, eleven wins. It's still a difficult schedule. There's no way around that. That's not just a you know just a a thing it's not like oh the bucks got brady well we'll make the schedule easier that's that's not a thing um but i mean it still is a difficult schedule but it's just the way this season this entire 2022 season now and this off season is going to be viewed now and thought about when thinking about building the roster and playing the games has just changed in in 15 seconds with one one tweet you know yeah yeah, I, I love all the memes where it's, uh, you know, Tom Brady spent a month in the car pickup line and said, all right, enough is enough. He, he took a look at that Common Core math homework they're sending home with the kids now, and he decided football is where he needs to be. Listen, I know we've been talking about free agency, and we will get to it. I promise we're going to break down the complete timeline of everything that has happened, but we do have a hypothetical question in the chat. I want to spend a minute talking about hypotheticals because I think this is fun to think about. This is a great question from our moderator, Kevin522 over on YouTube. He says, hypothetically, do you guys think Deshaun Watson would have chosen the Bucks over the other NFC South teams if Brady doesn't end up unretiring? Now, we did get an idea. There was a report floated out that the Buccaneers were ready to make an official offer for Deshaun Watson. I'm sure they had already sent it in. And with the no trade clause that he has, he has a little bit more of an ability to pick and choose where he wants to go. The latest report, I believe he met with the Browns in Houston today or tomorrow, but he also met with the Saints. He also met with the Panthers. Right now, it seems like those are your three finalists for getting Deshaun Watson. If Tom Brady doesn't unretire, do you think the Bucs are the team that can you know, give him the most in that situation? And do you think he does end up choosing Tampa Bay? So, yeah, he, he met with the Saints and Panthers yesterday. He met with the Browns today, and I believe he's meeting with the Falcons tomorrow. Um. So like the NFC South, they saw Brady come back and they were like, oh, we need that guy. Well, you know, who, who's, what, what is, who, what is the next best quarterback available? Oh, we need that guy, that guy. I need, I need that guy. Um, so um, I, I'm not sure. I, I think probably, like, you know, I, 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 I think, um, but I'm not sure. I mean, Carolina, yes, you could say, well, the Bucks are a better team. They are, but you know, he, he's, it would be closer to home. He's not from Carolina, but it would be closer to home. Uh, he went to college in Clemson. Uh, so, I mean, that would make sense. Uh, New Orleans, I think, obviously, if you're just looking at rosters, New Orleans has, you know, a roster that, with the quarterback, could maybe compete. Um, so, we'll see. I know a lot of people are rather him go to the Browns. I think the Browns would be a good choice for him, Dark Angel says. Of course you do. You don't want to see him in the NFC South. Um, you know, but I, I, 
Probably. I would probably say, no, apparently the way the situation is, is that the literally um, the Saints, Panthers, Browns, and apparently Falcons have all submitted trade proposals that the Texans have accepted. Um, the thing is, after meeting, that is when Deshaun Watson will decide the one team he wants to go to. That's the package that Houston accepts. So apparently Houston was not going to allow any teams to even meet with Deshaun Watson until Houston had a package that looked tempting to them to accept. So that means that, um, you know, could the Bucks have done that? Sure. I don't believe they ever made an actual offer. I believe they were maybe getting it done, maybe getting it prepped. But, um, you know, I probably think if, you know, if what was true, I mean, that came out around, that came out on Sunday, they were going to make an offer. I think around that same time, like the Bucks probably knew that it was a possibility. And Jason Light and Bruce Arians even spoke about that, that like, look, Recent days, we kind of felt, oh, this is a possibility that Tom might come back. So I'm not sure how serious those were, but I do believe that Watson probably would have would have preferred Tampa Bay over, over some of the other ones. So let's go ahead and shift focus into what actually happened for Tampa Bay. As I mentioned before, we know the quarterback situation, the greatest of all time coming back, looking to put ring number eight on a finger. And uh, I mean, what was it, two, three hours after Tom Brady announces he's coming back? The Buccaneers make their first huge signing, and they secure one of their big three main free agents, the center. Ryan Jensen was re-signed to a three-year deal worth $39 million that averages out to about $13 million a year. From what I understand, he is under contract until after the 2023 season, and there are a few voidable years on this, too, just to lower his hit for this offseason, right? Uh, you're talking about Jensen's deal? Yeah. Uh, I, I believe it's it's a I think it's a it's a three year deal. Um, so he's he's signed for 2022, 2023, and 2024. Um, and then I believe there's two voidable years to lower his cap hit. I don't know if the actual cap hit has been released, like what his cap hit is, but it's not 13 million, which is what it averages out to be on the deal. So, um, I mean, yeah, it was quick, right? It was a quick turnaround. Apparently, Jensen spoke today and said that, you know, he had already kind of made progress in returning to Tampa before Brady got there. Don't know if I believe that. <laughs> um, I, I, I'm not 100% sure I believe that, but, uh, hey, who knows? Um, but, you know, it's it was something that was in the works. We knew the Bucks didn't want to lose Jensen and Kappa, but we also knew that they were likely going to lose one or the other. I had a hard time believing they were going to lose both, especially after Ali Marpet's retirement. If Ali Marpet never retired, maybe they do lose both. Maybe they try to go a little bit cheaper there. But it's when Marpet retired, I, did, I just felt like there was no way they were going to lose both. So I they clearly valued the center more, um, which I think was a smart move. I think Jensen's the better player than Kappa right now. Um, cap obviously has more upside because cap is younger. Like, I don't think, I don't think Jensen's going to be getting any better, but like, and cap may have another level, but Jensen's a, you know, top two, maybe even the best center in the league right now. And that's what you pay. Um, when you also so, think I mean, about, when you also think about chemistry for your quarterback and consistency on this football team, that center quarterback yeah. relationship, that's a really big deal. You, you know, Tom Brady has grown very accustomed. Um, he, he has nothing but praise for a guy like Ryan Jensen, even though he does have a wobbly snap every now and again. Seems like those two guys have a really, really good relationship, and, and keeping something like that consistent 
I think is just, you know, going to make the whole situation better. Like there, there isn't yeah. really a, a whole lot of negative to take away from that situation. A lot of people might want to look at the fact that Ryan Jensen is, is over 30 years old, but the fact of the matter is he's still playing like one of the best centers in the NFL. And I think consistency at that position is really only going to do good things for this team. But what I like the most, Ryan Jensen made it clear that, you know, while there were other offers out there, like the Bengals, apparently the Bengals offer was right around what the Bucks had wanted. If Brady doesn't come back, I feel like it's a harder situation for him. But he also made it clear today that, like, he didn't want to go play anywhere else. It, it seems like he wants his career to be defined by his time in Tampa Bay. And, and winning a Super Bowl with a team is definitely going to help you feel that way a little bit more. Um, but I think if anybody was, you know, just as happy about this Tom Brady news, it was a guy like Ryan Jensen, considering he he makes that decision. TB12 coming back makes it that much easier for him. But we also mentioned Alex Kappa, and I guess we have to start getting into the losses for I, Tampa uh, Bay. Well, at least, you know, the Bucks didn't have to. There wasn't much suspense on where he was going to go because yeah. at, at noon on, on Monday. Oh, it, was, it was five minutes before <laughs> noon. I got the first <laughs> notification. Um, he, yeah, I mean, that, that's something where it's, you know, legal tampering period opens and that's, you know, so it's not of, actually le- the legal tampering period does not begin on Monday, folks. It, just, yeah. it doesn't yeah. begin on Monday. <laughs> it begins about a week before then. There was a, there was a lot of chatter leading up to this week about Alex Kappa being one of the bigger potential targets along that Bucks offensive line for teams like the Bengals, right? We, we kind of knew that a lot of the guys on that line, especially Ryan Jensen, Alex Kappa, there were going to be targets for an offensive line hungry team like Cincinnati. And five minutes before the, uh, you know, five minutes before the deadline opens up, we find out that Alex Kappa is making his money, baby, four years, $10 million a year worth $40 million over there in Cincinnati protecting Joe Burrow. Bengals got a great player. You know, I like I, I can't entirely be mad at Alex Kappa for going out there, earning his money. He was a Pro Bowl player this year. I know he was technically an alternate, but, you know, the fact of the matter is the Bengals got a really great player, and no matter which way you look at it, this is a loss for Tampa Bay. But what uh, softens the blow a little bit is the re-signing of Aaron Stinney because we'll talk about the other big move the Buccaneers made for the offensive line here in a second, but I feel like Aaron Stinney is going to be a starter on this team in Week 1 unless maybe a guard is something that they're going to look at pretty heavy here in the first and the second round of the draft. But in my opinion, I think the way that Jason Light has navigated this free agency makes it so much easier for the Buccaneers to just take best player available at at number 27. And I don't think they need to focus too much on one position or the other. But what are your thoughts on the guard position? With the retirement of Ali Marpet, we'll talk about Shaq Mason here in a second, but Aaron Stinney potentially being your guy week one. You think that's a possibility? It is a possibility. Uh, real quick, the, I just wanted to check. The Schefter tweet came in at 12.01 p.m. That was the Tom Brady's loss will be Joe Burrow's gain. Buck Frazier and guard Alex Kappa intends to sign a four-year, $40 million deal with the Bengals after free agency opens. Um, but, I mean, you know, I, I do think Stinney, I mean, he hasn't really – okay, he hasn't proven himself, but he has – somewhat of a resume right when you're the starting guard for oh, what Alex Kappa got injured in that Washington game in the wild yeah he, and he tried and to then, just a testament to Alex Kappa really quick we'll yeah. pat him on the back he's getting his roses today but I mean the dude tried to play with a broken freaking leg and it's not the first time he played with a broken limb for this football team yeah yeah um 
yeah, I remember the one time he played like a broken arm or something. Broken arm um, in the LA game, 2019, yeah, man. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, and um, I do think Stinney at the left guard spot um, could compete. Now, I, I do think they also could look to draft somebody. Maybe not in the first round. I, I don't know. Um, but maybe in the second, third round, maybe if you want a competition, they could sign a veteran here. You know, they, they could sign a, a veteran once everything dies down. You know, after this week, you know, after the first week, things start to die down, prices start to go down, right? Maybe a guy who they're looking at right now to compete with Stinney of left guard is asking for $7 million. Maybe if they wait, if they wait next week at this time, he'll be asking for five. Maybe if they wait a few days after that, they'll be asking for four and a half. And then you get in that, you know, like that, that's, that's the, the type of waiting game you have to play. Um, I wouldn't rule out, you know, drafting a guard in the first round, like obviously Zion Johnson from Boston college, uh, Kenyon green um, from Texas A&M, I believe, uh, you know, two very good players. I wouldn't rule them out. Um, you know, and, and look folks, like, you're not going to have five pro bowlers along the offensive line. It's just, it's not likely. And a player like Ali Marpet is almost impossible to replace. Like it, it is not easy to replace somebody like that. So um, if Stinney is the guy, it's just you know, that that's the price you got to pay. You got to, you got to have sacrifices somewhere. You got to have cheaper sacrifices somewhere on your roster. Um, and, and that's one of the spots it may be. I, I do think Stinney will get the shot to compete, but I also think, yeah, I, he will be competing with someone. Uh, I don't think he's just going to be given the left guard job. Uh, we'll have to wait and see though. Following the order of events, the next move the Buccaneers made was securing another one of those big three free agents a lot of people have their eyes on. The Buccaneers and cornerback Carlton Davis reached agreement on a three-year, $45 million deal to keep him in Tampa Bay. Averages right around $15 million a year. But I also know there's some gymnastics here to, to maybe reduce his hit a little bit this year. Uh, do you know any of the details on that? Uh, so I don't believe that there's, there's no voidable years. Um, I, I don't believe on, on the contract. Um, but um, I do believe something, something with it. I, I don't understand. I understand contracts, but I don't understand them like as well as some other people. Uh, something with the guarantees um, has his cap hit a little bit lower Um I'm, I'm honestly, I honestly wish I could give you guys and, you know, we should have a cap expert on here um, just, just to see, but I, I, I'm not a hundred percent sure uh, about there's something with the guarantees though. I do know that it, it changes it somehow. It's pretty funny though, because these last two off seasons, I think a lot of people have really started to dive a little bit more into the science of the salary cap or quote unquote, oh, yeah you know, salary cap, just because of all the gymnastics the Bucks have been able to do to try and keep all of these studs together. So it's pretty interesting, the evolution of, of some of these contracts when it comes to, you know, kicking money down the road. And I guess this is just another example of that. But, you know, for Tampa Bay to to hang on to Carlton Davis for three mm -hmm. more seasons and pay him $15 million a year. Like, I think this is a product of a guy partially coming back because he may have heard that Tom Brady is also coming back. I don't know what other offers were for other teams, but we talked about his market value being somewhere right around $19 million. And that seemed a little rich, but for a number one corner on a team, I think 15 mil a year for a guy that is a quality player like Carlton Davis, 
No, he's not a Jalen Ramsey. No, he's not a JC Jackson or any of these guys. But $15 million a year for Carlton Davis is is a pretty team-friendly deal for the Bucs, I think. I think it's a win-win deal for, for both guys, um, both the Bucs and Carlton Davis. Um, it, it's, it's, a, it's a win for the Bucs because, look, I mean, this is fantastic work of gauging a market and knowing a market, knowing a limit. Because, yeah, they could have easily – you know, they still don't have a, a long-term deal done with Chris Godwin. So were they ever going to do that? Or was Chris Godwin going to hit the open market? Who knows? But, okay, everybody wanted the Bucs to, to franchise tag Carlton Davis. I even thought they were going to franchise tag Carlton Davis. The franchise tag would have been about $17 million. They got him long-term for less. So, like, I mean, that's just – that's reading the market. Davis didn't want to sign beforehand because he wanted to, you know, bet on himself. And the Bucs said, okay. You know, they were willing to let their number one corner go out there and, you know, and, and hit the mark. Literally, anybody could have signed them. Anybody could have signed them. Um, and they it was a great job and a great contract. Obviously, uh, the J.C. Jackson contract help, I think that came in a little bit lower than many were expecting. Uh, I, it was lower than I expected. I thought he was going to get around 19, 20 mil a year. Um and uh, yeah, just to answer the chat, it was it was a seventh round comp pick that the Bucks got for for Joe Haig uh, for losing Joe Haig. I think it's two sixty one or two thirty one. One of those. It's uh, I know it's a big difference in numbers, but um, yeah, it's yeah, it's a good deal I think for both sides. A win for Carlton because he's twenty five now. He gets to enter the market again when he's twenty eight years old, and that's his prime. So. Like he can get paid if he plays really well in these next few years, whether it's in Tampa or somewhere else, he could be making over $20 million a year on his next contract. So it's a win-win I think for, for both sides. And it's something that they needed to do. They, they couldn't afford to lose Carlton Davis. I, I really don't think they could have. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with you there. Let's get into uh, some more things that happened today and this move really I think so far this is this this is the signing of the offseason thus far. The Bucks still have a little bit of work to do. We'll talk to you guys about more signings the next time that we talk to you, but this one was pretty good, man. I'm a big fan of this. Former Falcons wide receiver Russell Gage is signing with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They agree to terms on a three-year, $30 million contract. $20 million is guaranteed, and a direct quote from the franchise says, no fluff, no incentives. It is straight three years. 30 mil you got to go out and you get uh you got to go out and find a wide receiver three in the market that they have right now a lot of people have talked about you know Jarvis Landry being a good name a couple of other players but I I think Russell Gage man for the price that they got him locked in at too this is a pretty damn good deal and and kind of a head scratcher if you're Atlanta who just lost Calvin Ridley to suspension no more Julio Jones and uh, now they're all of a sudden in the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes so Kind of a head scratcher for Atlanta, but this is a guy who has been tearing up the Bucks for what feels like the last two or three seasons in a Falcons uniform. He comes over, plays with Tom Brady, looking to get himself a ring. I love this for this Buccaneers offense. Yeah, um, it's more than I thought they would spend on a third wide receiver. Uh, I well, like. Have the you signing. seen the wide receiver market lately? I, yeah, that's why I'm not really complaining much about it because, like, when Christian Kirk is getting you know that much money from Jacksonville, like I I think Christian Kirk is better than Russell Gage, but he's not that much better. Like, I mean, you know, like, come uh, on, <laughs> dude. Can we just talk about that ridiculous yeah. contract? 
the absolute spending spree that Jacksonville has been on, yeah. making Christian Kirk, if I'm not mistaken, the highest paid wide third, receiver in third, football. Third paid, third highest. I, okay. I think the uh, I right. think it's DeAndre, DeAndre. Well, it's the company then. I think it's DeAndre Hopkins and like Julio Jones or something. And then, now, and then now you come to find out, Devontae Adams tells the Packers he refuses to play on the franchise yeah, tag because he, he's going to say, "Look at Christian Kirk." Yeah. Well, not only look at Christian Kirk, but you know we can talk about Aaron Rodgers on a uh, three-year. $150 million deal. I love the fact that he says, I'm coming back to Green Bay for a team-friendly deal. He doesn't take four years, $150 million. He takes three years, $150 million. So I, I totally get the logic there. I'm sure yeah. I'm sure it'll only lead to easier things for the Packers the rest of this offseason. Yeah, and G Vegas brings up a good point. Uh, Zay Jones is getting the same amount as Gage. It's another Jacksonville sign. It's true. I'd much rather have Russell Gage. Um, yeah, so like I said, I, I thought that it was a little bit more it's not necessarily more about the player it's about i just i didn't think they were going to spend that much on a third wide receiver i thought the sweet spot would have been six to seven million maybe on a guy like a byron pringle or something um i think a lot of people also i've seen this argument floated around today but i think a lot of people felt like maybe like yeah wide receiver depth is a really big need for this team but as far as spending that much on it I think people were also upset a little bit because maybe they felt like the Bucks could have spent that money on another position. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's $10 million on a team that doesn't have, isn't flushed with cap space. You know, it's not like they got, um, you know, a bunch of cap cap space. So um, yeah, you know, like I said, I, I like the deal. It's just more than I thought. Now, I mean, let, let's get into the player. Um, Russell Gage is a guy who has really ascended. Uh, it's not like he has, you know, he came in the NFL and was producing ever since. Like, that's not the case. Uh, he's had over 700 yards the last two seasons, uh, four touchdowns in each of the last two seasons. So, I mean, yeah, he's really a player who, who's ascended, and he was the number one option for Atlanta, like, halfway through their season. Once Calvin Ridley left the team, obviously Julio Jones wasn't there anymore. So, he was all Atlanta had. Um and the Atlanta offense was really brutal at some time. So uh, I'm very excited to see what he can do in this offense. It's It wasn't a guy I had my eye on. Um, honestly, it wasn't the type of player that I had my eye on. But um, I, I do like it. I think he could bring uh, some different elements to the Bucks offense. I think they need more of that. I think they need more creativity there. I'm not saying it has to be this crazy stuff, but like, you know, to add little wrinkles and stuff, that that's nice. Um, and this is the type of player you do that. He's young enough, so like a three-year deal is cool. Um, you know, he's 26 years old. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a good deal. Uh, it's a surprising that they spent as much money as they did. But, hey, they all watched the same playoff games we did. They saw that Tyler Johnson, Jalen Darden, Scotty Miller – for sure, for him, like these guys weren't getting it done. <laughs> like, you know, it was Mike Evans and Rob Gronkowski against the Rams. And when you didn't have an offensive line, um, you know, it's it was a, a disaster. And that was one of the reasons they, they lost the game. So I think they wanted to make sure that that they, you know, they they shored that up and they they found a guy they like and then they got him. So um it's a good fit. It is a good fit, and I'm excited to see what he can do in Tampa Bay. So um yeah, I think he's a he's a player with upside. Now I will say, and I'm not opening this can of worms right now because we have an entire offseason to talk about it. The fact that it's not a one-year deal is very interesting to me, and it's interesting to me because 
It's three years. Does that mean he's next to Mike Evans next season? And Chris Godwin isn't? Because I, you know, I I still think Chris Godwin and the Bucks are gonna get a long-term deal done. Like I, I do. But do you think it's this like, offseason? Yes. Um if it's not, I think he's gone. I don't I don't think they get a deal done next offseason. I think it's this offseason or um you know, it's this off season or it's, it's never. Um, so that was interesting to me. There was a three-year deal. I was like, Hmm, maybe they're looking at this as, you know, let Goblin walk, have a cheap, you know, wide receiver to engage and maybe draft one in the future or something uh, to sort of, you know, save some money there. Just interesting, just something very small, but just keep an eye on it. Um, but yeah, like the player, like you said, he was a guy really, the Bucks had trouble handling, so hopefully he can come to Tampa Bay, and um, you know, and and hopefully you know produce. Um, also, you know, Chris Godwin with his recovery with his ACL injury, he may not be ready to start the year. He may miss a week or two, so Gage could step in there and be the wide receiver too if need be. I don't think just like with the the trade that we will talk about in a little bit here, I don't think this precludes them from drafting or signing another wide receiver. Um, I don't think it does because let's say Chris Godwin is, you know, let's say he misses four weeks, right? Let's say it's worse than they expect that he misses the first four or five games. Russell Gage is your number two. Well, now you're number three. You're back to where you started with a number three of uh, Tyler Johnson, Jalen Dart, or Scotty Miller. Like, do you want that? Probably not. So, like, I, I think that um, – I do think they, they're not done adding at receiver. I think they'll add one more, whether it's through free agency or whether it's through the draft. I, I think they'll add, they'll add one more. Well, let's go ahead and get to the next transaction here. Another loss for Tampa Bay. And honestly, I think the biggest loss they've suffered so far. Yeah, Ali Marpet is definitely the biggest loss they've suffered so far. But this one is a close uh, second. A loss, a, a loss to, to free agency. A loss to yeah. somebody who's yeah. playing for another team. Yeah, he, he didn't retire. He didn't get traded. Uh, but Jordan Whitehead, the Bucks gave him an opportunity to test the market, and he signs a two-year deal with the New York Jets uh, of all teams. I think it was right around fifteen million dollars, seven and a half mil a year for a stud safety. Um, it it kind of sucks that he's going to the Jets, you know, leaving the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who just got Tom Brady back to go play for New York. But I, I know you've said this on the pod before. I've said it before. I think he's going to be the best signing of the offseason for. Uh, for any team in the NFL, I really would love to see him do some good things for New York. Yeah, he's um, he, he's a good player. He is a yeah, good uh, you know. If, if any Jets fans are watching this, um, you got a good football player. Um, you got a leader, uh, an energy player. Uh, so I'm surprised the Bucks didn't match it, but we now know why they didn't. And if you don't, I'll have that statement in a little bit here. Um. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's a good deal for the Jets. I mean, really. Um, and also, it's a good deal for Whitehead. He's 24 years old. He turns 25 in three days. Like, he, he he's going to hit the market again when he's 27. That's awesome. And he's going to get paid a lot of money when he does, too. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was awesome for him. Uh, you, you like seeing that. Look, guys, like, yeah, it's a bummer. But, like, we all knew the Bucks weren't going to be able to keep everybody again. Like, it, it wasn't going to happen. Be grateful for what you got because up until Sunday, Tom Brady wasn't even your quarterback. So, um, 
you know, we thought it was going to be much worse. We thought by now, oh, Carlton Davis would be gone. Ryan Jensen would be gone. You know, would Alex Kappa maybe be back? But, you know, a lot of those guys would be gone. Um, you know, so they're gonna, they were going to lose some guys, right? They were going to lose some guys. And, um, yeah, White, Whitehead, it sucks. But it's a, it's a really good, really good signing for the Jets. And I think he's going to make a lot of Jets fans really happy. Obviously, now let's look at, you know, options just a little bit. Like I said, we have time to talk, and I'm sure the Buccaneers will fill it. But let's look at some options to replace Whitehead. Well, first and foremost, before we talk about some potential replacements, let's talk about what this means for Mike Edwards. Because I think at the end of the day, well, I, mean, I, him... I think he's a he's an option. You know, he, oh, he's oh, a yeah. replacement. Well, definitely an option. But I feel like it's almost a guarantee at this point that he's going to be getting more snaps, right? He's going to be a bigger sure. part of this defensive backfield. And I think that's great because a guy like Mike Edwards – He's a ball hawk player. You know, he might not be as uh, as aggressive of a tackler or as high energy as a guy like Jordan Whitehead was, but he's a damn good safety. And you could say the same thing about him. He's a good football player. Yeah, yeah, Mike Edwards is good. Um, like you said, a little bit of a different player. Um, and it all depends on their preference, you know. I do think they're going to add a safety, especially because they let Andrew Adams walk. So, like, you kind of need a safety. You, you let two walk. Like they're going to add a safety either through the draft or free agency. Um, some names from the outside. The Mike Edwards is the most likely option to replace. Just I, I think they're going to, if they didn't want to pay Jordan Whitehead what he got, which I believe was two years, fourteen point two five from the Jets, about seven, a little over seven a year. So uh, that's very reasonable. That's I. That's less than I thought he was going to get. Honestly, it, it, um, it is less than I thought he was going to get, and. I think the Bucks letting him walk. When we talk about this next trade, it'll make sense a little bit more as far as the cap situation goes. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I mean, obviously from the outside, free agents, I'm going to bring up two names that have connections. Um, Marcus May is one. So they, they could literally, the Jets and Bucks could swap safeties. Uh, you know, Jordan Whitehead could end up with the Jets and Marcus May end up with the Bucks. Todd Bowles really likes Marcus May. Uh, he drafted him when he was with New York, when he was the head coach there. So there's a connection. Marcus May was injured. I believe it was a very serious injury. So we'll see if, um, you know, we, we, we'll see if he's healthy enough. Right? Obviously, the Bucs will, will have to determine that. Um, and, well, Thomas wrote real quick just on the, the, the Whitehead stuff. Um, the why didn't they want Whitehead? I believe they, they did want Whitehead, but you know, you can't yet again, you can't bring everybody back if you want to upgrade at certain positions. So we'll talk about it in a little bit. Um, and then obviously, you know, Tyra Matthew is the big one. Uh, the connection is obvious between Bruce Arians and Tyra Matthew. I know the Bucks had interest in Matthew when he was a free agent after he, when he left Houston, um, he was a free agent. <laughs> See, it seems like we always spend a little bit of the offseason talking about the possibility of Matthew to Tampa, at least the last three or even four years at this point. Well, he signed a three-year deal with Kansas City that offseason, so that would get kind of quieted down there. But um, he he went he left Houston, and the the Bucks had um, the, the the Bucks had a an interest in him, but the Bucks were pretty cap strapped that year and they just couldn't afford it now. And also Matthew was looking for a big payday. So I, I don't think he'll look for as much now. He still, he won't be cheap, but uh, I won't, I don't think he'll be looking for as much, but the difference, and you're going to say, well, the Bucks are cap strapped now. 
they didn't have Tom Brady at the time. Okay. Like that's, that's your difference. Okay. Like they didn't already have a Super Bowl. They didn't already have, you know, like they didn't show Tyron Matthew firsthand what the defense could do. Right. He saw it firsthand, what the defense can do. Um, so it would be, it'd be nice. And it would also be hysterical, you know, Tom Brady and, and Tyron Matthew <laughs> right, being yeah. on the same roster. These guys be, practicing wow. against each other four or five days a week. I, I'd love to see yeah. it. Um, but it's also well, important real, real to quick. Yeah, Brian, Brian, Brian Shaw says Matthew is too expensive. He'll want at least 12 plus million. That would be a pay cut. He made, I believe 12 last year. Um, so I would be surprised if he got more than that. Uh, I think you're probably looking in the nine to $10 million a year range. Um, I would be surprised if he got more than, than what he made last year. I think before we talk about this final transaction, or at least the latest one as of right now, I also think it's important to remember, recognize, realize, soak it in. Ladies and gentlemen, Jason Light, Mike Greenberg, these guys have the ability to do what they're doing. They can crunch the numbers. Right, of course. They can do what they can to keep these players in Tampa, but folks, this doesn't happen the way that it does without Tom Brady coming back to play with this team. It just, it doesn't. I don't think Carlton Davis is going to settle on $15 million a year to stay in Tampa when another team maybe wants to pay him 17 or 18 or closer to what his market value would be. Here is the uh, transaction I've been waiting the entire show to talk about because, in my opinion, I think Tom Brady called up his buddy Robert Kraft, asked him for a favor, and that's exactly what he got. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers traded for a longtime starting guard in the NFL, Pro Bowl guard, I mean, top five offensive guard in the NFL. Shaq Mason blocked for Tom Brady for a very long time in New England. He's coming down to reunite with Tom. He'll replace Ali Marpet. On top of that, Jason Light got him for a fifth round pick. Mm-hmm. That, and that that's it. That that is yeah. it. They'll pick they'll pick up his contract, which I believe is two years left with about $16 million. Yes, very similar to Jordan Whitehead's two years, 14.25. This is a situation where when you look at the numbers, the way that everything played out, yeah, the Bucs traded to get him. And when you can get a guy like Shaq Mason, you do it because you looked at the free agent, the free agent guards in particular, it was a stacked list. But Shaq Mason is just as good as the rest of those guys, if not maybe Mm -hmm. a little bit better. Yeah, so... Uh, I don't think Shaq Mason, in my opinion, is a top five like guard, but he's a top five right guard. Um, okay, I mean this sure, is sure. So, so here's the thing: they actually he's I think he's better than Alex Kappa, and he comes cheaper than Alex Kappa. So, um, that's that's very nice. Um, yeah, it, it's a great trade. Uh, it is. It's nice to see aggressiveness um, from from this team. Um, it, it's funny how you say aggressiveness, and we're talking about picking up a Pro Bowl right yeah. guard. For, for a fifth round pick like i just i, I yeah. cannot stress that enough yeah yeah um you know it's 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 crazy it really is um i was surprised by it i was i, I figured 20, 28 years old like he's yeah, not 32 yeah. 33 be, yeah he'll be 29 to start of the start of the season um and it's not like a rental it's not like a one-year deal thing like he signed for next year as well so um if tom brady leaves okay you still have a guard there like you know if tom brady retires or, or goes elsewhere you know you still have a guard right you still have that so um I figured the Bucks would yet again, like I talked about, they would wait it out and try to sign a veteran guard and then maybe draft one. And that's what I thought that would happen. But that's what I mean about, you know, aggressiveness going out and seeing a guy you want and going and getting them. Um, it, it was, it was very, it was very nice. Um, very nice to see the Bucks. I, well, I mean, 
I don't really count the Rob Gronkowski one because that was like almost like a free agent. It just, you had to give up a draft pick for it. Um, but like the last time they made a trade like that was the Jason Pierre Paul. That's the last time that they made it to me, at least I could be wrong, but the last time they made a trade was the Jason Barrett ball one. Um, so, you know, yeah, it was, it was very nice. Um, very, very nice. And uh, I, I, I was, I'm, I was surprised. Um, I was very surprised that the Patriots went for that. Obviously the, the old notion is, you know, dealing with, with Bill Belichick, you're always kind of weary because it always seems like Belichick, most of the time ends up on the right side of things like, Oh yeah, that player. Oh, that player left for free and for, for big bucks. He's really good. Why'd they let him go? Oh, he's actually oh, not that great. Yeah. Well, he's um, not that great. And it just so happens that new England has some janitor in the performance center that can take yeah. his spot and do it even better. Yeah. So, um, you know, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's very good though. I think Shaq Mason is a, is a good player. And, and the fact that Patriots fans are so angry, I think proves that uh, I'm surprised my initial reaction. I was like, okay. I was like, it's going to be like a third. Probably. I was like, maybe a second. If the bucks get a pick back as well. And I was like, Oh, a fifth. I was like, okay. I was like, I'll take it. Good, good business. Thanks for, for doing business. May I have another. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was very nice to see. And now, now you know they're leaving their draft options very open for the for the first you know a few rounds. Mm-hmm. They they are they're very they're they're very much leaving their options open to where they can they're not going to pigeonhole themselves into picking a guard or to picking a wide receiver or, or a corner right because they just took care of those three things um, or a center you know like they're not going to pigeonhole themselves and that's what you want you want to have options open you don't want to have to say because that's how you get into the business of drafting for need instead of drafting the best player available so um, yeah it's a very good deal make more of them, I guess. Right. I, if, if anybody else wants to give up good football players for late round picks, I, I will do it. No problem. So let's go ahead and go down the list here as we start to wrap things up for today's episode. Just wanted to touch on a few players that are as of this recording, still free agents still have yet to sign a deal with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And the first one seems like the most damning name on this list, but I honestly have a gut feeling. We'll see a deal between him and Tampa Bay anytime over the next three days. That is big number 87, Rob Gronkowski. Even when Tom Brady was quote-unquote retired for those 40 days, Gronk has continued to work out at the Avon Health Training Center twice a week. A lot of teams have showed interest in him, the Bills being one of them. The Bengals had also been talked about. It seemed like the Bills were the team that was ready to be the most aggressive with him. Tom Brady comes out of retirement. There is a report that said the Bucs have immediately begun working on contract negotiations, but that report came out on Sunday. It is now Tuesday night. We have yet to see a deal between Gronk and the Bucks. Really seems like it's just a matter of time at this point, right? Like, I, I really feel shocked if Tom Brady is in the league and Rob Gronkowski is not playing on the same roster as him. Yeah, th- th- that's what that's what I, I figured as well. Um, now, I mean, remember, Rob Gronkowski hit the open market last year as well. Um, so it's not a surprise to see him hit the open market. Uh, but I would be surprised if... Um, I would be surprised if Rob Gronkowski, like you said, as long as Tom Brady is an active player in the NFL, I would be surprised if Rob Gronkowski has anybody else throwing footballs to him. So we'll see. I think Buffalo could be a possibility. Cincinnati's obviously there. They lost uh, CJ Ozama uh, to New York. So, I mean, there's a need there, but I just, 
I don't think I, I think Cincinnati's got to be so down bad because yeah, yeah, they got Alex Kappa, but Tom Brady coming back means that they won't get Ryan Jensen or Rob Gronkowski, like just so down bad. Uh, yeah. But I, I would be surprised if Rob Gronkowski does not return to the Buccaneers. We talked about it with Carlton Davis a little bit earlier, but I think this one is another prime example of a guy maybe having to take less money to stick around and win with Tom Brady in Tampa Bay. It's playoff Lenny himself, man. Leonard Fournette, the running back situation for the Bucks is still a little bit murky. It seems like Ronald Jones is all but gone, so we'll probably spare him from the conversation for right now. But what are your thoughts on Lenny? Because at one point, he's typing out Instagram posts, basically saying his goodbyes to Tampa. I still think he's going to hit the market and see what team <laughs> and, 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 gonna... and then he saw who the quarterback was. Yeah. He's like, let me delete this. Yeah, let me, let me go ahead and take this down. <laughs> nobody, might, nobody may have seen that one, but... Now that Brady is back in Tampa, you know, Leonard Fournette has made it clear just as much as any other player who has done the same thing. When Tom Brady's your quarterback, the discussion changes a little bit. As time goes by, I I start to feel like Lenny might consider realistically just another cheap one-year deal with Tampa Bay because he knows that Brady's playing with a chip on his shoulder. But at the same time, this is a guy who's also made it clear that he wants to get paid. And for a running back, every season matters, especially when you're trying to go out there and get the bag. So I'm not entirely sure how old Leonard is off the top of my head right now, but he's only getting older as the years go by. And another year in Tampa Bay could mortgage what his market value is now compared to what it is a year from now, right? Yeah, yeah, he's he's 27 years old. Um, So, I mean, yeah, he's still got, he's still, he's basically in his prime. Um. I, I'm not sure. I do think if he comes back, it's going to be very similar. Like you said, uh, it's going to be very similar to last year. He was on the market for a while. Like he was on the market for two, three weeks uh, before the Bucks re-signed him one year, I think 3.25, I think, or something like that. Uh, maybe he gets a little bit of a bump since he played really well this year. Maybe it's like one year, 4 million, four and a half. Maybe I, I can't see the Bucks going much more than that. Um I would be surprised if they did, especially since there's a lot of uh, definitely uh, a lot of other running backs that are interesting. Uh, Sony Michelle is out there. David Johnson, who's very familiar with Bruce Arians is out there. And obviously you have the draft. So um, there's a lot of interesting options. Miami, who's one of the teams that maybe Fournette was going to maybe go to uh, sign Chase Edmonds. So maybe that takes him off the board. Uh, it's, it's, um, the options aren't, you know, there a lot for Fournette, but I do think all it takes is one team to look at what he did and think that that they can, you know, fix him. Not really fix him, but he can replicate that with them. Um, because I didn't think he was all that great in 2020. It really got we talked about it. We talked about it a lot, but it, it kind of got his 2020 performance wasn't that good, but a lot of people forgot about it because he played fantastic in the playoffs. But like his 2021 season, he was legit a good running back. Like I mean, he, was he wasn't good. He wasn't the man like he was in Jacksonville. But as far as just overall production goes, it's it's the most productive he's been in years, especially catching the football. Yeah, catching the football was night and day. I mean, I I can't I still can't believe that he caught the ball like that um, so well and so consistently. And I am just I'm scared to death that if they give him a a big contract that uh he'll just start dropping the ball so uh, you think, um, it'll, you think it'll be we'll a, a, a doug martin um, situation 
No, I mean, not necessarily. Doug Martin couldn't really catch it regardless. Um, but well, that's and that's one of the reasons why I don't think the Bucks will go with the long term deal with Fournette. Um, so I think he could be back. I, I'm not saying it's definitely going to happen. I think we're going to have to wait and see on that. A lot of people are bringing up his running mate, Ronald Jones. I would be shocked if Ronald Jones was back in the fold. Uh, him and OJ Howard seem like they're long gone. Um, so the only thing you have to hope is that I think they, they sign before a certain date. It might be like May 1st or something because then it counts for the, um, for the, for the, the comp pick stuff. Um, so uh, Marcus May is signing with the Saints. Okay, I gotcha. So, so you take that off the board, but it also means that Tyron Matthews is not going to the Saints. Thanks for I the $2 that. super chat, Mikey. Much appreciated, yeah, pre- man. Yeah, appreciate it, Mikey. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's, um, you know, I heard there was there was mutual interest between Tyron Matthew and the Saints, so we'll see where, where that ends up. Um, but um, yeah, appreciate the super chat, Mikey. Uh, yeah, it's it's you know it's a tough situation for Jones and Howard, um, but I wouldn't expect either back. So we'll have to wait and see. There, there's a few guys that are that are kind of touch and go, and um, I, I do think the Bucks would like Fournette back, but the Bucks are going to do it at their price. I don't think really think they're going to give into Fournette. I think Fournette knows that. Uh, and I do think it could be a few days, maybe even a week or two before we see any action on Fournette. Before we get to final thoughts here, a couple of defensive linemen I wanted to ask you about. We'll group these guys together because I feel like the discussion is mostly the same among them. That is Jason Pierre-Paul and Damakasu and Will Golston. Now, the Will Golston situation is a little bit different than JPP and Sue. Uh, But Sue and JPP have made it 100% clear that they want to keep playing. And JPP in particular feels like he can continue to play and he thinks he should be paid uh, top edge rusher money. I I mean, obviously, we look at production. Sue has been a little bit more productive than JPP has. I know JPP has absolutely been battling injuries. We talk about what he means to this locker room and what he's been able to do through injuries. This is a guy that you know, had eight plus sacks a couple of seasons ago after that terrible car accident. And he got that over half of a season, right? He was productive as hell. He has had some pretty underrated seasons in Tampa Bay. And unfortunately, I think a lot of his performance has been capped by injury. But the futures of Jason Pierre-Paul and Dominican Sue and William Golston, if you want to shoot them off in that order, what are your overall thoughts about these guys? Because not only do we talk about their desire to keep playing football, but for the Bucks, mm-hmm. it's important to get younger at that position because Ndamukong Kinsu is coming into this season, I believe, 35 turning 36. JPP is over 30 years old. And I think, well, Golston has had a, a second life, a, a second coming in this Todd Bowles defense, but he's also a little bit older. But he's the guy out of all three of them who made it clear that he wants to play the rest of his career in Tampa Bay. So as far as those guys go, what would you rank them in importance to Tampa Bay? Who walks? Who stays? How do you see it all shaking out? Yeah. Um, so actually, I, I, as far as importance, that's a tough one. Um, I would say probably importance is probably number one, Will Golston. Two, Jason Bear Paul. Three, Nadamik and Sue. Okay. I, I've, right. I've, I've, I've been publicly not publicly not a huge Nadamik and Sue fan. Um, for obviously his whole time in Tampa. I mean, nothing personal against him. I just, I always felt like there was, you know, I always felt like they paid him too much money every year. Like I felt like they're like, they're paying him two to $3 million more than they had to. Um, which I mean, I'm sure they'll, they'll probably keep doing it. I'm sure. Um, but um, 
Uh, yeah, I'm sure it will happen as soon as we end this podcast. But yeah, we'll we'll get um, a notification that Indomitian Sue resigned yeah. for nine million dollars a year. Yeah, that's that's it. Um, so Javier Paul is two because of his leadership, um, not so much his ability anymore, which is why I'm going to get into what I would do. And, and there's three categories actually. I, I do believe Will Golson will be resigned. I don't think he's going anywhere. Indomitian Sue, I'm fifty fifty on. I was fifty fifty on last year as well. Uh, it sounds like he is going to continue to play. Uh, I just, I don't know if that's going to be in Tampa Bay. Obviously Tom Brady coming back really helps that. Um, because Sue basically almost confirmed back in 2020 when he was a free agent that, you know, he was waiting to see who the Bucks quarterback was going to be before he decided to resign or not. So, um, yeah, I, I think 50, 50 on Sue. And I do think Chase Pierre Paul is gone. Um, now if he's gone, I do think the Bucs need to sign a veteran outside linebacker. And one name I'm going to throw out there uh, is Melvin Ingram from, from the Chiefs. Uh, I do think he could be had, if he sits there for a little bit, maybe like one-year deal, $5 million, $6 million maybe, uh, I do think he could be had. And I, I just don't – Anthony Nelson's development has been nice. I just – I want somebody else behind Jotron Shawinka or maybe in front of Jotron Shawinka to let – you know. I don't know if I want him playing every single snap, right? I sort of want to slow play it. So I just don't think Jason Beer Paul has much left in the tank. I love his leadership ability. I just don't think he has it anymore. I think the injuries have caught up to him. So I would look, you know, to, to get a guy maybe like Melvin Ingram um, in here, depending on the price. Uh, but um, yeah, that's, that's basically how I have it. That's I, I would be surprised if Will Golson ended up anywhere else, especially now with the Bucks looking to contend. Um, yeah, we'll have to wait and see what happens with the other guys, but I, I would be, I wouldn't expect Chase Beer Paul back. And I don't know, the Nomicans will probably come back, I'm sure. But I, I personally would look, look to get a little bit younger. Now, obviously, not final thoughts on all of free agency because believe it or not, folks, we are just getting started uh, between yeah. now and the draft. There's going to be plenty of updates, and we'll keep you kept up with all of it because it's yeah. going to happen fast and furious. But what are your thoughts on everything up until this point? What are your impressions, your biggest takeaways so far uh, from a clearly pretty aggressive free agency for Tampa Bay? Yeah. I mean, it's clear that they are trying to cash in on this. They, they found a pot of gold, right? They, they, they found it and they're, they're trying to capitalize on it. Um it, it's crazy. I don't think they expected, you know, a month ago, they definitely didn't expect to be in this position. And I think now they're like, well, we got Tom Brady back. We don't know. We, we, we lost him once. We know what it felt like. We don't know what's going to happen when he's gone. So let's go all in now. Right. And I know they have gone all in before we've talked about it, but this feels different. Signing a wide receiver three for $10 million a year feels different. Trading a draft pick for a guard. Who's good guard, but trading a draft pick for a guard who's making eight million dollars a year feels different. Um, and not you know, and not just stopgap one year deals, right? Like the the Bucks have built teams. I mean, hell, they've built the hell out of these teams the last two seasons. You're able to keep everybody from the Super Bowl team in 2022. Obviously, it doesn't get the job done. Injury is a big part of that, but kicking the can down the road with one year deals again. Signing a wide receiver three to a three-year deal, bringing in Shaq Mason, picking up the rest of his contract, which has two years left on it. The guy's 28 years old. There's a good chance if he performs well, regardless of if Brady is here or not by the time his contract is up, 
the Bucs could re-sign him, right? Like that, that's mm. your guy for the next four, five, six years. And a lot of the guys they're bringing in this offseason, they're still going to be on the team when Brady goes away. So it's mm-hmm. a little bit of team building. It's a little bit of going all in. But, you know, that's just, that's just where they are right now. And it's definitely exciting to watch. Yeah, yeah, and Willie Beeman, speaking of going all in, Willie Beeman is going go. all in. Hey, clap it up for our 20, guy up in Philly. With the, with the 20 hour seat, that's how Philly guys roll. Put, putting it on for PA, Willie Beeman, the moderator, holding it down. He says, hello, fellas. More youth is needed on the defensive line. I like Devontae Wyatt and uh, Fedarian Mathis. I'd still like to see more depth at corner and safety, but I do think Edwards has the goods to start. Great show, guys. Go Bucks! Thank you so much, Willie. We truly do. Appreciate you donating to the Windy Fund, my friend. Go box. Absolutely. Yeah, you are you are gonna feed feed me. You're gonna feed me some nugs. Ju- uh, hey, junior and bacon some... cheeseburgers all around. And oh, then we'll yeah. get, we'll what? get Evan, we'll get Evan his nuggets. <laughs> we'll get Evan his little kids meal, his little nuggies. Um with an apple juice, of course. Or a chocolate milk. I haven't decided yet. Um but yeah, I, I agree. I, I do think they, they need to get a little bit younger on the defensive line, especially if you're bringing back Will Golston. Golston's a good player, but he's, you know, he's he's 31 years old or whatever. Um, Thomas Roach, I do not believe Jason Pierre-Paul is not with the Chiefs. I think uh, Billy there is joking. Um, that's um, it. That's something else you got to watch out for this year, man. Yeah. All the all the fake reports that I've seen. It is source this season, folks. Remember that too. So if you go on Twitter and somebody says, my sources are telling me that this is going to happen. You're going to love it. I can't spill the beans right now. Listen, just know that nine times out of ten, they don't have sources who are telling them anything worth believing. But just be on the lookout. I, I think it's a good time of year to use common sense and uh, trust your sources. That, that's yeah. just, you know, that's that's the advice I can give you. Yeah, but anyways, um, yeah, I, I do agree about the defensive line. I think... I think they will add a corner at some point, whether it be a veteran or something. Uh, they don't want, they knew last year was absolute hell. So, um, with just all the injuries and everything. So, I don't think they want to go through that again. And then, safety, like I talked about, they're going to have to add somebody because they let Jordan Whitehead and Andrew Adams both go. So, uh, they're going to have to, um, they're going to have to add somebody. And I would expect them to probably add maybe a free agent, not any big name. I, I, Tyron Matthew would be nice. Obviously, Marcus May is off the board now, but Tyron Matthew would be nice. I just don't think they're going to be able to swing that. There's it, there's certain it, things you can do, and I just I don't think it, it's I, the price. I tag. don't think yeah, it, it, it's, it that, is. That's that's all it comes down to, really. Like the Bucks are going out, they're spending some money. They've restructured. I'd expect more restructures. Maybe they have more, to, um, right? The, it, yeah, you're going to have to <laughs> if you want to make some room. So expect that news to be coming out soon. But like. There's still work to be done, but I don't know if they can do enough work to go get a guy like Tyron Matthew and not have to give up too much of what they already have. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, if you sign Tyron Matthew, does that mean that Will Golston and Adamakin Sue doesn't return? If that means that you're losing two of your starting, you know, defensive linemen, how are you going to replace those? So, like, you know, that that that's tough. Um you know, we'll have to wait and see, you know, if you want Leonard Fournette back to Tyron Matthew, you know, does he – um you know, does that mean no Leonard Fournette? Does that mean no Rob Gronkowski? Do the Bucks say no to Rob Gronkowski if Tyron Matthew comes? You know, um, so that's that's a decision they got to make, and uh, I just I just don't think they're going to have the money for for Tyron Matthew. Marcus May actually got more money than I thought he was going to, um, so I would be surprised if Tyron Matthew came to Tampa Bay after seeing those numbers. But um, 
yeah, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a crazy start. It, it's, it's just the start. Um, it is, it is just the start of, uh, of the off season, literally. Um, so we'll be back sooner rather than later. Don't know the exact date when there's bucks news, we'll, we'll probably be back. Um, and then, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll be here to cover it. Don't, don't you worry. Um, so like, tomorrow will be a busy day because the bucks have to get under the cap. Uh, they're currently $21 million over. They have to get under the cap by 4 p.m. tomorrow. So they can restructure. I think Barrett's contract is a logical one. They can give Mike Evans an extension. That's a logical one. Maybe some guys getting cut. Maybe, maybe. I mean, Bradley Pinion, friend of the show, hate hate to see it, but, you know, maybe, you know. Ryan Sucker. Um, uh, see, I was asked a question earlier today about that um about about suck up and pinion and like what they would do i think they would maybe cut pinion now but i think in terms of suck up i think they would want to kick in competition in camp like i think they would want to see jose borgales first before they would cut suck up so um you know cameron Bray taking a pay cut maybe um does tom brady does he restructure does he sign an extension does you know th- there are ways to create cap space that they're gonna have to do um and it'll be interesting to see how, how they do it uh obviously donovan smith mentioned i don't know if the bucks want to do a donovan smith either extension since they just did it or or restructure him so um yes that is true if rob gronkowski signs uh, tomorrow with the bucks before 4 p.m uh the, the bucks save a little bit of money actually because his dead cap hit like goes away um so and neil wants to release oj howard i mean good news for you neil is that oj howard's a free agent so no need to even release him yeah, um there you go yeah but 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 we'll see there's there's gonna be a lot of news coming out the rest of this week and we'll probably be back i'm sure sometime within the next 48 to 72 hours i'm sure yeah you can expect to see us soon ladies and gentlemen if you are a first time viewer over on youtube we got 120 plus people hanging out with us we truly appreciate you tuning in subscribe for more great buccaneers content we've got more than just the podcast we got some awesome highlights slash hype videos that i'll put together we had a kick-ass one the other day on the return of tom brady and uh listen i made the damn thing and it gives me chills watching it so go check that out it also features the reaction of our good buddy uh, Tampa Bay Trey Trevor Sikama from Pro Football great. Focus. I think that was job, that was the best documented reaction that we got to Tom Brady's well, return. His, if you look closely, his co-host uh, Connor Rogers, his face. Yeah, when he reads it for the first he, time, and when he re- and he's trying not to interrupt Trevor because Trevor's talking. It's it's good. It's so good. It's going to be a great rest of the offseason. We will keep you guys updated on plenty of Bucks news along the way. We'll talk to you later this week on a brand new episode of the Cannon Fire podcast. But with that being said, that's just about going to do it for this episode of the Cannon Fire podcast. Thank you guys again for checking us out over on YouTube. Subscribe to the channel if you have not already for plenty of great Buccaneers content. Follow the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are Cannon Fire podcast. Best place to go for updates on the show and, of course, Buccaneer news as it happens. Very important this time of year. Speaking of Bucks news as it happens, you can follow my co-host Evan over on Instagram at Bucks underscore daily, the number one Buccaneers fan page on Instagram. You can also find him on Twitter at EvanNFL. Last but not least, you can find myself, Instagram and Twitter at Redicus, R-H-E-T-T-A-K-U-S. If you follow me, I will follow you back. What's up, Evan? 
you can also find my written work on bugsnation.com. Um, wrote uh, a few articles today on the, on the bug signing Russell Gage and the bugs trade for Shaq Mason. So check those out on bugsnation.com. And uh, we got a lot of, uh, a lot of content rolling out on the site uh, in the next week or so. So it should be fun. Yes, sir. We will talk to you guys later on this week. We'll keep you updated on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for all things Bucks. I'm your host, Rip Matthews, signing off for my co-host, Evan Wanish. Until the next one, and as always, we'll talk to you then. Go Bucks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.